Hello, friends. This episode is brought to you by the Ember Collective. The Ember Collective is a community of women passionate about holistic wellness through the lens of our Catholic faith. They believe that we cannot separate the physical from the spiritual and that beautiful harmony exists between them. You can subscribe to the Ember Journal, a visually stunning quarterly print magazine that dives into nutrition, broader health and wellness topics, our Catholic faith, liturgical living, delicious and nourishing whole food recipes, and more. Beyond the journal, Ember created Veriditas, an in-depth home wellness guide for you and your families. Use the code ABIDE10 to get 10% off your first purchase. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are delighted to have our special guest back on for our part two on our series of how to pray. So if you were with us last week, you heard, delightfully heard Father Boniface Hicks, and he is back with us again. And this week, he's going to talk to us about discernment of spirits, which I think is going to be really helpful, like how to hear the voice of God and how do we discern it's really God speaking to us. So our scripture for this episode will be from Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, when St. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, what his will is, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. And there's so much in that. I just want to make a shout out to Michelle right now, who's at somebody's beach house, which is really gorgeous. Can we just say that? Okay, like, look, we're all, we're just jealous right now. So I'm at the O'Grady's beach house again. It's lovely. Thank you. Shout out to the O'Grady's for letting us I all mean, use this house. If you're going to live in Florida, you might as well just hang out at a beach house. You might house. as well live at the beach. You might as well. Uh, you we might as well. If you're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Heather, you want to start us off as we uh, bring Father Boniface into the conversation? Sure. Welcome, Father Boniface. We're so glad to have you back again. So excited to talk to you, especially about today's topic, which I think is just such a practical and, and really powerful, like, understanding, but also tool that we can use. And we're today we're talking about the discernment of spirits. But some people may have heard that term and they might not know much about it, or they might not know why it's important in our spiritual life. So I was just wondering if you can help us maybe just start off with that understanding. It's, uh, I think, to, to bring it home to a question that a lot of us ask is, I hear stuff inside of me. If I'm getting in touch with my own interiority, I have thoughts. Are they my thoughts? Is the Holy Spirit in there? Is the evil spirit in there? Where are my thoughts coming from? What are the influences that are going on inside of me? And how do I distinguish those things? That's kind of the basic structure of it. Yeah, I was I was at um I was giving a talk somewhere and I asked people to just close their eyes and ask the Lord what he wanted to say to them. And there were so many people coming up saying, I'm not sure if it was him or if it was me, you know, and how do I know that? And so I, I just love that we're starting off in this, this conversation today. Yeah. And, and that's a, such a critical question for us as we're trying to live as his disciples. You know, we read the scriptures and Jesus is talking to apostles, disciples, and 
I want him to talk to me and I want to do what he says. I want to learn from him. And how do I do that? And I, I think that's a very, uh, very important, a very practical question as we had some very practical guidance about how to start praying deep in prayer in our, our talk on the last episode. These are the kinds of really practical things. Sometimes, I don't know, we, we wander into such esoteric places and then mm -hmm. don't get down mm -hmm. to what's it, what does it really feel like? What does it really sound like? How do I really recognize it in my life? And, and uh, yeah, I love to live in that space. Yeah, it reminds me of the tension that I think all of us feel is like similar to Peter, where Jesus says, who do you say I am? And he's like, you're the Christ. And then the next second, Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. You know, he's talking <laughs> to Peter you're like, oh, dang it, I got it right. And then I got, I got it wrong. You know, so I think this is great. We're diving in the, into this today. Yeah, it says like, it says the discernment of spirits is is like presuming that we understand that there is a spiritual battle going on around us. And I love what C.S. Lewis says, you know, that there is no neutral ground. It's either the Lord's or it's a counterattack by Satan. There is no neutral ground when you think of it in that context. So like, how do you even begin to understand that we're in a battle? What does that look like without being fearful, being <laughs> prudent? I think that's the big key because people also will put like a devil behind every door, you know, also like, so what is being prudent and wise and not fearful in that process? Yeah. I, I think the first thing is just to open up to the reality of a, of a spiritual world, which it, it's always a, a little bit of a, of a dance to keep things connected to our experience. A lot of times, as soon as you mention things like battle spirits, this sort of thing, people mm -hmm. go immediately to Hollywood <laughs> and then things get really weird. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's like, I don't know if anything that I did before matters, if anything in Christianity that I thought was true is really true. But now there's like all of these weird spirits all over the place. Now I have to do weird things. I have to have weird prayers. I have to find weird, you know, it's like, <laughs> don't go there. So first of all, let's, let's stay grounded in, in what we already understand and, and take this into really maybe natural settings. I, I think, uh, when we talk about spirits, so uh, the good spirits we speak of as angels. And the word angel means messenger. And messenger means there's a sender and a receiver. And I think it's helpful to think of spirits in relational, in that relational context. Mm -hmm. They're they're connecting to people. They're connecting people with God. They're they're in those relational settings. And I think that's, you know, we we have this experience in relationships that there is me and there is the other person and there is the relationship. There's almost like another personality going on in there. And when that connection is really strong, almost like I can think with this other person's mind, we feel the same, we're on the same wavelength, mm -hmm. right? We use that kind of language. And, and let's say there's a strong spiritual connection between us and this other person. And we have a, a sense, and, and even in that context, something more comes out of that. There's mm. more there than the sum of the two parts. And so I think it's helpful to think of spirits in that setting. And then the opposite. So the word devil in Greek is diabolos. It means to throw apart. And, and so there's a kind of broken space or an overshadowed space, whereas angels bring light and connection. And, and of course, the Holy Spirit is the great spirit, we might mm -hmm. say, God himself. He is the bond of love. And so he really makes us of one heart and one mind with God himself, with Jesus Christ, and, and then also in each other in the church. And so I think to, to put it in the, a little bit more of that relational context is, is going to help to not 
sort of spin off into weird categories. I just want to like break apart some of that stuff. When we use the language of spiritual warfare, we're, we're not going into some sort of weird other space. This is connected to our own experience. And then, you know, what's the stuff that starts to come up in me? And what are the things to, that I need to pay attention to as I'm, as I'm living my life? And maybe we can even think in some of those relational contexts, uh, you know, are there, are there other things that sort of overshadow my connections with people? What, what does the enemy always want to do? He wants to break relational bonds. He wants to isolate, abandon, neglect, separate. He wants to betray and create barriers between people. So, mm-hmm. so movements in that direction are going to be more so from the enemy. What does the Lord want to do? He wants to open up, build trust, create bonds of love, and help people to form more tightly together in Christ. And he's going to open things up in our hearts in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, just as a kind of setting for that spiritual battle, that spiritual battle is at the level of repeatedly, moment by moment, day by day. So we, we're, we're living in this all the time. So don't get scared by that. It's just reality. It's the reality you've already accepted and being human mm-hmm. and have been living with. So we're just putting some names to things and identifying some, some of the ways that we can become more sensitive to, re, to responding to some of the, the temptations and opportunities that, that come mm-hmm. up in our interior life. That's really good, Father. I'm, I'm wondering if you, could you give us kind of a, a, some practical examples? Because I, I think even the word discernment, sometimes we use the word, I'm going to discern my vocation, like it's discerning these big things, mm-hmm. but you're really talking about our day-to-day life, our relationship with Christ of of what is the inspiration moving us toward, toward God or away from God? Could you kind of maybe give us some practical examples of things people ask you, or maybe some examples from your work in spiritual direction of what are some really some practical things that people would discern? Yeah, we can really live a discerning life, becoming much more sensitive to some of the the little inner movements as we as we go throughout our day. We can also discern those bigger questions, and there's a a pathway around that. But the the sort of big questions build on the little questions. <laughs> the big movements uh, build on the little movements, and so becoming more sensitive to those things is is really important. And 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 certainly Saint Ignatius is a, is a great teacher on this. He didn't invent discernment. It existed in the church before the 1500s, but he certainly gave us a structure that provides some kind of simple categories and some very tangible descriptions that I have found really useful. I used to say to people when I was just starting out in spiritual direction, I really didn't have any exposure to Ignatius or Ignatian discernment when I was in seminary, even the first 10 years of priesthood. And and I have to say, I, I feel honored that I'm the one getting to say this on the Abiding Together podcast, but <laughs> I will direct everybody to Father Timothy Gallagher. Mm-hmm. He is a fantastic mm-hmm. teacher. He's provided incredible resources, podcasts, videos, books, all the things, anything you can get by him, get it, read it. He's going to take you the full distance. Mm-hmm. We're just giving a little teaser here in some mm-hmm. way. But uh, he's. Uh, I, I had the chance to learn directly from him, and it was so helpful for me but I originally would say something like, well, when you make a decision, and I'll come back to the kinds of decisions as you were asking me, sister, in, in just a moment. But when you're making a decision, may, you, you'll do best to do that when you feel the Lord is close to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the language I would use. And people often knew kind of what I was talking about when I said that. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of have some sense of what it means that the Lord is close to me. 
What I found in Ignatius was an enumerated list of some descriptions of that. Mm. And uh, that's very helpful. So Ignatius tells us things like, when your heart is inflamed with love and you're lifted up above every creature, mm. or when you're filled with spiritual joy at the, the things of the Lord, ministry, etc., when you're moved to tears out of love for God, or when you have an increase in faith or an increase in hope, or when you're interiorly quieted and experience peace. So he gives this list of different things we can pay attention to. What does it feel like when God is close to you? And so it's uh, very open to feelings and the body, the goodness of the body as the expression mm -hmm. of the soul and sensitive to the presence of the Lord. And so these are little signs that we can pay attention to that that the Lord is is close and that he's moving us gently in a in a particular way. And this can be about a whole variety of things. We're we're all in the position of making a lot of different decisions each day. I had to change my plans a little bit to go to a funeral. I wasn't celebrating the funeral. Uh, it was for the grandmother of a colleague of mine. And so then I have to ask some questions around like, okay, I need to cancel some appointments, rearrange some things, drive a place. What does the Lord want me to do? It's not absolute that I need to attend the funeral. So I need to kind of feel some of that out. And I want to be sensitive to how is the Lord moving. Ignatius also talks about the way the good spirit will kind of give strength and courage to do his will and remove obstacles so we can mm -hmm. look for open doors. These are the kinds of things we're paying attention to. Hopefully it's already clear and, and it's worth saying over and over again, this is not a science and uh, you're not going to turn it into a computer uh -huh. algorithm. <laughs> it's always going to be a matter of a faith word. in relationship. Mm -hmm. There are times that God speaks very loudly and clearly. Mm -hmm. It's called the Ten Commandments. He came down on Sinai with thunder and lightning and cloud and fire. When it comes to the Ten Commandments, he speaks loud and clear. When it comes to choosing between two goods in our lives, and we do this all the time, then he kind of, he wants a lot of our freedom to be engaged and he wants to form us from within so that more and more our inclination is his inclination. Our choices and thoughts are his choices and thoughts, but he's going to do that with some nudging and guiding. And, and there are some things we couldn't have you know, kind of figured out or known as clearly. He has a bigger picture, obviously, than we do. And so he nudges in, in different ways. And how do we feel his nudgings? Again, heart inflamed with love, spiritual joy, increase in faith or hope, tears moving to love, peace and quiet in the Lord. These are just some signs of, of the way he gently mm, guides us. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think some of the words that he uses, which some people may have heard, is consolation, which is mm -hmm. a lot of what you're talking about there, the heart inflamed with love and all those things, and then also desolation. And rule number five, he talks about how we're, when we're in times of desolation, which is when we're not experiencing all those like kind of more tangible fruits of like connection with God, that we shouldn't make any decisions or change plans. I love this one personally, because I, when I'm having a rough day, I quit my job <laughs> like eight times. I'm just like, I'm at it. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I, and then I talk myself back into it again, you know, and I love this rule because he's like, it's okay to have the feelings and to notice what's going on, but don't, don't make any big mm -hmm. decisions while this is going on. Can you just talk about maybe desolation and what that looks like and then how we navigate that given this rule? 
Uh, yeah, and, and thanks, Heather. You're exactly right. The One of the things that, that Ignatius does so nicely for us is he boils down the spiritual life into three categories, spiritual consolation, spiritual desolation, and neither, <laughs> tranquility. <laughs> It's like, that's so helpful. It's, uh, <laughs> totally. you know, Teresa, we've got like the affective prayer, the meditation, the four waters, the prayer of union, the prayer of quiet, the prayer, like all these other things. Like, <laughs> I don't know where I am half the time, but uh, Ignatius, just three categories. It's so, it's so nice. So spiritual consolation is what I was just describing. Now I do have to say spiritual consolation. So this is consolation at the spiritual level, things of the spiritual life, things in the the presence of God and his will that we're that we're talking about. Spiritual desolation is all the opposite. And then he literally just lists all of the opposites. So heart inflamed with love, the opposite of that is that I'm I'm empty and and feel abandoned as if separated from God, moved to discouragement, all totally lazy, tepid, sad, no uh, no hope, no faith. So these real heavy, it's, he gives us a description of very heavy qualities that, that weigh on us. And, you know, that could come out in my, my spiritual life and in terms of, well, as I was just putting forth this question about the, do I go to the funeral? Do I stick with my, my original scheduled plans? And, it, it might be a kind of heaviness like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Funerals don't matter. These things are just so useless and and I don't know where God is and uh, I just am not going to, it's too much effort. I don't want to. And there's a kind of heaviness there about those mm-hmm. spiritual things. Now, we all have difficult days, so it's it's not so much a matter of, of having a bad day, but when it's also tied in with the spiritual life and spiritual things and it's moving toward discouragement and separation from God, then this is, this is the enemy who's trying to isolate us, separate us, who's trying to, to cut us off in different ways. And of course, he's going to do that in ways that we're a little bit more susceptible. So uh, you just brought out the, the key rule, Heather, in mm-hmm. times of spiritual desolation, never change your spiritual plan. So in that kind of heaviness, that's not a time to change my plans, but is rather a time to, in fact, rule number six is some ways that we can internally push back on it through meditation, petition, just asking God for help through a, a suitable penance or much examination. Where did this come from? Where did this start? What's happening? We were talking a little bit about IFS uh, things uh, in our mm-hmm. last episode and you know, a simple thing is just looking at it with mm-hmm. curiosity. Can I kind of step back from myself? No longer myself in desolation, myself reflecting on mm-hmm. myself in desolation. Mm-hmm. Can I just step back from myself and see what's happening? Those are some kind mm-hmm. of practical steps. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then, okay, so then what is the third? You were saying like just the tranquil, like what does that look like in, if someone's discerning something? Yeah, well, that's that's where we are a lot of the time. We're neither in spiritual consolation nor in spiritual desolation, and that's that's quite a nice place to be in tranquility. I'm I'm living mm-hmm. out my spiritual life in kind of a a normal way, and so I'm going to to persevere in doing the, mm. the things that I'm doing, and that's a a good place to be. Now, if I'm discerning a a kind of major decision, or well, anyway. Uh, anything significant enough to take some time. Probably not whether I should have chicken or ham for lunch. You know, that's not a major mm-hmm. decision that we need to spend time, uh, hours in the chapel. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, if I'm in a place of discerning something significant, then there are some reflections that Ignatius provides in times of tranquility that I can I can ask what direction to go in. That's that sort of opens up another chapter in this discussion. Mm, but that's good. What would you say, Father? I mean, because we're just one person, and so I think sometimes probably want to split ourselves and could we relate to ourselves just as on a spiritual level, or just a psychological level, or just a physical level? But every part of us is interrelated and. Sometimes people ask you, should I go to a spiritual director? Should I go to counseling? And I'm like, well, how about both? Like, how about we choose both? And I, what, what would be the difference between, I, I think we've all had comfort, we have conversations with people who are really struggling and, and they're probably struggling with psychological depression and, and their heart is no, no, it's just, it's just spiritual. I just need to pray more. And gosh, how do you, how do you discern if somebody's listening right now, what's the difference between spiritual desolation and, and psychological depression? Yeah. And that's why I wanted to emphasize the distinction of spiritual desolation compared to non-spiritual mm. desolation. Rule number five does not apply if it's only non-spiritual desolation. So that is mm. to say, if I'm up all night and I'm exhausted, that pushing myself to make my holy hour anyway, when I feel I should really get more sleep is again, not just an application of rule number five recognizing that it's also possible that spiritual desolation can flow into non-spiritual desolation. And so if I'm also feeling like, well, God doesn't care about me and there's no mm -hmm. point to this and really prayer doesn't matter, well, now we're talking about more spiritual desolation as well. But certainly uh, non-spiritual desolation, the heaviness that comes from clinical depression, the, the sadness and difficulty and in carrying through with things, uh, we may very well need to change our spiritual plan. We may need to get, as you said, some help with counseling. We may need to do like St. Thomas Aquinas says, and have a good meal, take a bath, and get some rest. Uh, that's his first <laughs> yeah. approach to dealing with clinical depression. Very practical, right? So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we certainly want to make that that distinction and be, be gentle with ourselves when we're having uh, a lot of that heaviness. I generally find, you know, people start to recognize depression and that that's a something that they struggle with and that that tends to be something that carries through with time. So yeah, we don't want to just pray more in that case. Mm -hmm. And it never hurts to get some counseling or talk to somebody who can help us mm -hmm. tease out some of what's going on internally. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I think that like that's such a great way I think to incorporate the Rules of St. Ignatius, but also with IFS, just taking that that posture of curiosity first, that holy curiosity, all right, Lord, what is going on? And I mean, I think for each of us, like the three of us have taken, the Lord has put us on this role of counseling and spiritual direction. All three of us have both. <laughs> I'm like, it takes a village <laughs> to integrate us all. But, you know, like for me, I know like, okay, is my nervous system regulated? Like if I'm making a decision, like how do I feel like learning myself, learning my nervous system, learning my body? Like, okay, mm -hmm. it is not. Like a perfect example for me, like last week, Chris really, my husband is great. Shout out to my husband, but he hurt my feelings. And I, like, he really, he said something and it really wounded me. And my first thought was to go like, that's fine. I don't need him in this. I'm like, I'm just going to power through on my own. And, sh and I thought I stopped myself in the middle of that mm -hmm. thought. And it was like one of those times where I'm like, okay, why am I reacting so strong? Like, what is the deeper thing? Like having that holy curiosity. And then I really even thought to myself, okay, Michelle, you need to take this mm -hmm. thought captive because you're about to make an agreement and like mm -hmm. go down a slippery slope here. And so 
I stopped, but that doesn't didn't come naturally to me. I would say even six months before, I had to learn that process to even to learn myself. Okay, that is not what he meant. I have to assume the best. And then I came back, and you know, we had a discussion about it. And it's where I really wanted to. And this is what you were talking about. It was almost a consolation from the good of the spirit because it strengthened me to lean in and love and communion instead of because my flesh part wouldn't be like, see you later, dude. You know, <laughs> that doesn't. That's, but it came from fear. Mm -hmm. It came from, I thought I was being rejected. I thought I was being shamed Mm -hmm. that I was not. But it's, I think it's also being compassionate towards ourselves, like in those little parts. And I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing. And and that doesn't come naturally, I think, to each of us, like really learning true compassionate. We think we're compassionate to ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it truly, oftentimes we are not. Has that been more your case? I mean, your experience, Father? Yeah. No, you just described that very beautifully and and it moved me to well, uh, appreciate your your work, right? There's a lot of work mm-hmm. getting to that point and you've been at it for a long time. And I I think that's uh I'm I'm feeling a little bit of discomfort in in some of the things that we're talking about because I'm feeling like this is really pretty advanced, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, trying to make distinctions for people. What's the starting point? Yes. The starting point is just to start to pay attention to some of the things that are happening inside of us. And and some of those qualities like of spiritual consolation, the heart uplifted and moved to tears, spiritual joy, faith, hope, love, inner peace, quiet, and the kind of thoughts that go with them, just to notice, mm. first of all, just to start paying attention. And this is actually what the daily examine is mm. about. So a lot of times we've turned this into an examination of conscience, and it gives the people a chance to beat themselves up on a daily <laughs> basis about how bad they are. So don't do that. That's not, don't go there. Uh, but rather, maybe even halfway through the day, just to look back and say, were there some times that I had some of these inner movements? There, A lot of the times, although God can sort of overwhelm us in a certain way, I mean, really sweep us off our feet in beautiful ways, or we can get really kind of weighed down pretty heavily in, uh, in negative ways of desolation. But uh, just, to start, just to start noticing those kinds of things. And, and that's what I heard in what you shared, Michelle, is like, you, you know, this is a growing process. I mean, you've been at this intensely mm-hmm. for many years. You're you're somebody that other people are looking up to because you're in it. You're really in it. Mm-hmm. And this is a recent development for you. And so, you know, I, I think that kind of maybe more sophisticated teasing out is a, a goal that we should see, but mm-hmm. not feel like we need to start doing this, be at that level tomorrow. So but that gentle, you know, starting to notice what's happening inside us. What are the thoughts? What are the feelings? What are what's going on mm-hmm. in in our inner experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good because it, yeah, getting right back to it. This series is on hearing the voice mm-hmm. of God. That's why we're mm-hmm. talking about this stuff. It's not to become overwhelmed with like, oh my gosh, like there's so many other th- now I have to do all these things. You know, yes. the whole point is intimacy and communion yeah. with God. That's why we're talking about this. And often we do feel confused. I think that's a regular experience. I feel that way a lot. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I feel some mm-hmm. confusion or I'm just unsure about which way to go. I think that's quite a familiar feeling for a lot of a lot of people. And so, yeah, once again, we're, we're trying to, to have a conversation about how do we really listen and distinguish God's voice between my voice or just mm-hmm. other people's voices and what they want yeah. or need from me. Or, or the enemy's voice, you know, and one of the little layers, this is so simplistic, but that I put on things I say to people, just ask, is it good? Mm-hmm. Is it true? 
is it beautiful? That's one mm-hmm. one little lens. Now there's other things you might have to look at more deeply, but that's just one little lens you can ask if you're trying to discern something. I'm just curious if you have other little practical tools like that mm-hmm. that are just simple questions or simple reflections that people can have when they're trying to yeah, really listen to the voice of God and aren't sure. Yeah. That's a that's certainly a beautiful one. And again, those those little interior movements, a lot of people have picked up on the idea of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the peace? Where do you feel peace? And and when that kind of settles into our interior, that's a that's a good guideline. One of the kind of big ticket items from St. Ignatius that I find helpful in general is to know that God leads by light. So a lot of times we can end up having a sort of heaviness and we get driven out of things because it gets, you know, mm-hmm. sort of uncomfortable and, and, but God, God doesn't lead us by heaviness. God leads by light. If, if we're pursuing mm-hmm. him and moving sort of in the right direction to begin with, I mm-hmm. guess you might say, but, but he really, he changes our direction by light. So uh, for quitting your job, for example, Heather, since you said, you know, <laughs> quitting eight times a day. So <laughs> God is going to lead us out of something by light. Now, it might also be a negative experience mm-hmm. there. We might be uncomfortable there. There might mm-hmm. be all of that, but he's going to lead us by light. And, and so to pay attention to those ways that, that he moves in our hearts. And again, that love, joy, peace, patience, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, tears, and a movement of faith, hope, that kind of inner confidence, clarity. Some of, some of those are some mm-hmm. points of, of inner good. guidance. Mm-hmm. I love that, especially like the fruits of the spirit. Like that's Mm -hmm. also another thing to put on is the way that I'm acting or responding to what I think it's God saying going to cause me to be operating in the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be like, oh, I need to tell this person off and I think God wants me to, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I think that's another great Mm -hmm. nuance Mm -hmm. that you're putting on that. I love that. Hey, Father, I also, I I like that uh, articulation that God leads us by light because many Many times the Lord convicts us very deeply. Mm-hmm. And it is, like you said, it causes, I, I like think of it as an ocean like floor. And on the upper surface, the waves are rocking. And it is, it's hard sometimes, like when God invites us to certain things. And mm-hmm. but at the core, there's peace because I know, like I know, even though this is difficult, I know that this is what the Lord is asking. And I found in my own life, whenever I do take that step forward, even if it's terrifying or it's hard, there's immediate peace afterward. But it's like, but navigating on the surface, on the surface, it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm afraid. But in my heart, I'm like, girl, you got to do this. Like, this is what the Lord's asking. And then from that, like, comes the Holy Spirit you know, peace because, mm-hmm. yeah, the Lord speaks very deep words at times that are, you know, that he's mm-hmm. like, I love you. And I tell mm-hmm. you this because I love you, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. the CFRs have a saying, Father Innocent, Father Mark Mary, they'll always say that has a lot of light on it. Ooh, I like that. That has a lot of light on it. And they say that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it cracks me up. Nice. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you're right. It has a lot of light on it. So that's good. That's really good. You made me think too, sister, another little simple, I don't know, image or, or way of tuning into God's voice interiorly is to kind of tune the ear of our heart. Mm. It, this really hit home to me when I was walking on campus with one of my brother monks, who's a, a great bird lover. Our campus is a little bit noisy with air conditioners and fans and you know trucks moving around and things like that. And he goes, oh, do you hear that bird? And I was like, hmm. no, I hear a lot of fans and trucks, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, and then he kind of imitated and his imitation wasn't great. You know, was like, tweet, 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 tweet. But it was just, it was just enough that I could, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I pick it up. And, and tuning the ear of our heart is doing things like, and, and you just said it, sister, that God telling us that he loves us. Mm-hmm. So that's always true. 
And there, there are words in scripture, I'm with you always. I love you. I see you. I know you. I know you're, you're resting and you're rising. We talked about Psalm 139. Maybe some of our listeners prayed with that in the, since the last episode. But you know, do, if we can just tune into his voice, that can help us also to, to hear some of the thoughts because he does speak in our thoughts. I guess it's it's probably worth mm-hmm. saying that, you know, he he doesn't uh, it's not weird voices normally speaking, you know, for uh, it's not weird voices coming from somewhere else. Some of the saints aside mm-hmm. who yeah. <laughs> apparitions and whatever, but for the mo- most of us, you know, it's it's he's speaking in our thoughts. That's the the way and those thoughts are formed by sacred scripture, they're formed by revelation, they're formed by some of the truth that we hear it's worth saying here too, you know, our, our listeners may be moved when they hear a particular word. Uh, some of you pointed out a, you know, a word I said the last time and like, mm. oh, that really struck me. What's mm. that striking, right? We're paying attention to what's inside of us and how we're responding interiorly to words that are coming to us. We want to pay attention to those. Can we say at the end of the day, 100%, these were gods, these were mine, these were the enemies? <laughs> no, we can't say that 100%, but we can certainly start to tease those things apart by the inner movements that they bring about in us as we start mm. to pay more attention to that uh, that level of uh, mm. sensitivity of feeling. Good. Thank you so much, Father. Got, I think people are going to listen to this episode mm-hmm. over and over again. I really do. I think mm-hmm. they're going to go back and really glean and, and dive into Father Timothy Gallagher's work. And thank you so just It's been delightful. Thank you. We we should have you back for like a massive miniseries of all kinds of things. <laughs> I know. Um, I have like a hundred more so. questions that I want to ask him. I was like, that are not on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you back, but we know you have to go right now. So maybe before, maybe Father, what we could do is we'll offer our one thing. So maybe you could give us a blessing. Would that be okay? Just to Absolutely, bless everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Heather, would you like to offer our listeners your one thing for the week? Sure. As some of our listeners may know, my word of the year was a long one. Mm-hmm. Why not become totally fire? Anyway, we were talking and joking at the beginning of the year that we were going to make shirts and well, we did. And they're in the I shop right now. So you can head over to abidetogetherpodcast.com mm-hmm. over to the shop. And if you're wanting to check out the shirts, you can. They're pretty fun. And and just even when I was at Franciscan watching a bunch of young people walking around That's with cute. the shirts on, That's I was awesome. like, oh, this is so good. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, fun little gift for you, our mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Michelle? Okay, I've really gotten into cooking with like who knew that I like to cook? I didn't like until, <laughs> until the last year. I love this. I love this. New I know. I'm like Heather. Sarah Kazmarek. <laughs> uh, like I always like Sarah Kazmarek. Did you know there was this many spices and oils? She's like, yes, so Michelle. This is a whole new world. <laughs> and welcome. so welcome. And so, but I really enjoy it, and I actually find it to be a creative outlet, which for me is a creativity part. But so I put mm-hmm. in our show notes the recipe for a pumpkin olive oil cake. And it is with a cream. It is so good. It is really, good. really good for the fall. Oh, and so, the fall. yeah, good amazing one. recipe. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Sister, what about you? I had just had the delight. I'm preparing to give a priest convocation for uh, some priest in Joliet, Illinois, and I would. Uh, they want the talk on the talks on the Eucharist, and I was spending a lot of time with Thomas Aquinas and his traditional Latin hymn of Adorote mm. Devote. And but the the Gerard Manley Hopkins Godhead here in hiding is just lost all lost in wonder at you know at the at the Lord Thou art. And I there's a beautiful mm. acoustic version. Usually we hear it in a more formal setting, which is lovely. I love Latin. But this is just a man with his acoustic guitar like singing to the Lord. And it is Ooh, so lovely wait. by Luke Spehar. Oh. So God Godhead here that's in awesome. hiding. That's it's just yeah. so nice. So but anyway. Yeah, Father, what about you? What is your one thing for the week? 
Well, I had this really delightful experience this morning at Mass. I'm the celebrant this week for the the monks' Mass. And uh, twice this week in the vigils, which I also read as the leader for prayer, the the second reading for vigils, uh, we have St. Bernard, who I've loved since I joined the monastery. He's the Benedictine family. He's uh, one of the reformers, a Cistercian. And I've, I've loved St. Bernard. He's known as the mellifluous doctor, yes. which means the honey-tongued yes. doctor, oh, nice. honey-flowing, mm. melly is mm. uh, honey. So, uh, mm-hmm. so he's often pictured with honeybees. And mm. uh, this morning for Our Lady of Sorrows, he was the reading from St. Bernard. And then I was incorporating him in my homily. And just after I had mentioned his name in my homily, we have a big basilica. I don't have any idea. Anyway, a honeybee who was like kind of cute. I Maybe you don't think of bees as cute, but he was kind of cute. And he like kind of crash landed on the lectionary right in front of me. And then was just sort of walking around. And, uh, and I just received this as I, I immediately smiled. One of the monks actually saw the honeybee. Another monk didn't see the honeybee. He saw my smile and had no idea why I was smiling so deeply. I just was so touched by this. This little honeybee hung out on the lectionary for a while, actually crawled onto my chasuble at some point while I was preaching. Wow. And uh, and then I went back to sit down. And as soon as I sat down, so the end of the homily, then he just took off again. And I just had this like, <laughs> felt very How? just chosen by St. Bernard oh, and affirmed That's by so him. Sweet. And uh, anyway, so it was very, it was very cute. I love that. That is so sweet. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Wow. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And Father, would you give us a blessing as we close our episode? Be delighted. Heavenly Father, fill these three lovely women and all of our listeners with the grace that they need today to become more sensitive to your voice, more responsive to your love, and to bring your presence through their own delightfulness into the world wherever they may be. And through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph and St. Bernard, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope this two-part series with Father Boniface has been helpful for you. We hope that you hear the voice of God this week telling you how much he loves you. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. 
make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.